this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the hindus in focus podcast i'm zubeda hamid your host for today even as schools and colleges begin reopening across the country teachers and educationists are faced not just with academic challenges of educational institutions having remained shut for over a year but mental health challenges among their students as well the lack of access to friend groups the complete digital mode of learning and the various lockdowns throughout last year and this year have affected the mental health of our young people competitive exams have added to this pressure and anxiety recently for instance tamil nadu saw a number of young students who died by suicide following the medical admission exam neat india has the highest rate of suicide in southeast asia And in 2019 alone over 8000 children between the ages of 14 and 18 died of suicide as per national crime records bureau data what can schools colleges and policy makers do to tackle this to speak to us about the mental health challenges amongst the youth in the country we have with us today dr lakshmi vijay kumar founder sneha a suicide prevention organization based in chennai good morning dr lakshmi and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast Thank you. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Doctor, the pandemic and subsequent lockdown led to the closure of almost everything in the country, but what stayed closed the longest were schools and colleges. It is only in the last couple of months that educational institutions have slowly begun opening up across the country. Could you talk to us a little bit about how the pandemic affected the mental health of students? Are there any studies that have dealt with this? uh i think the uh, mental health of the students are really there are two people who have been really affected by the pandemic one is the young people and the other is the very elderly people living alone okay in the elderly people living alone people have become more acute and you know the family talks to them and things like that but the youngsters have really uh, suffered very much and there have been studies not not that, Uh, of, of uh, mental health of students from around the world and people have shown that students have maximum stress during the covid for example even from low middle income countries like argentina and brazil and uh, some studies from india they all show the student stress is quite high and uh, there are various factors for that one is the fact that see there are i mean we when we talk about students in colleges we have to talk about age groups we have the yeah, very young below the age of 5 then between 5 and maybe 12 13 and then between 12 and 18 and 18 and above and all of them are having issues uh, you know uh, 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 for example if you take the z- uh, 0 to 5 years the these kids corona kids are been completely homebound they do not they are not able to explore the environment you can't go to the beach you can't go to the merry go round or you can you know you don't travel at all so the amount of uh, uh, exposure sensory exposure visual exposure is very little for them and they have been with only adults okay so they don't know how to play with other people they don't know how to play with other children and they pick up all the um, what shall i say a bad words used by the adults and use them indiscriminately and see language abilities also see when they go out and meet at different types of people they pick up a variety of different languages now they mostly are stuck with one language and uh, 
unfortunately if both the parents are working and there is a small toddler at home the toddler is mostly allowed to use the gadget like ipad or phone to keep the toddler quiet and that really is a major issue because research has shown that if a child spends more than half an hour 45 minutes in a gadget or uh, below the age of 3 it has long term effect on its brain functioning in terms of brain networks these children uh, develop more adhd attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and that has serious consequences if they do when they do get back to school because they would be fined uh, and uh, diagnosed as adhd so it has long term repercussions for the young children and then if you move to uh, students between the age of 5 and 12 or 13 then this is a stage when they kind of what we call as they kind of psychologically separate from parent and develop interactions with uh, other children and things like that you know and that is uh, uh curtailed very much and this is the time when they develop some kind of individuality socialization and so on and those factors are very much reduced and then if you move to the between 14 and 18 i am sure we all know what are the kind of problems uh, this is the age for where a, an adolescent develops self esteem a kind of self identity and that comes from being able to interact healthily with peers and now uh, that is lost to them so many of them may say we have a lot of virtual friends but the fact is uh, virtual friends are okay you you can have virtual friends but the fact is it is a one way relationship with virtual friendships you know because if you don't like somebody passing a negative if you don't like somebody or if somebody passes a negative comment you can simply delete it but in real life what really helps and copes an adolescent to face adult life is how to handle stress how to interact with people how to solve problems and all that that doesn't happen virtually and that's a huge issue so it has it has impact not only men, psychologically and mentally but even academically because they are getting extremely distracted uh, the uh, ability to focus and concentrate becomes less and uh, see i'll tell you the children who do well in this kind of virtual classrooms are those children who are socially very awkward who are loners who don't fit into the classroom for them this is very good because they don't are they are not conscious and they are not socially anxious so they are able to perform better but other children they find it very difficult doctor India has one of the highest rates of suicide and the highest in Southeast Asia and tragically a significant number of the suicides that we see in our country are of students. The National Crime Records Bureau data from 2019 reveals that over 8000 children between the age of 14 and 18 died by suicide. What leads young people to taking this extreme step and has this become worse during the pandemic? Uh actually what has happened is yes see uh it is uh what should i say it is a dubious distinction that india has the highest number of suicides in the world actually about 10 years ago china had the highest number but they have been able to pull it down but uh, we according to the national crime records bureau we have about uh, 130000 people dying by suicide and according to the who it is about 180000 so there is a bit of a difference in the figures 
and the unfortunate thing is as you say majority of them are young people and almost as you say this student population is uh, is a uh, is losing students to suicide is not only a loss to the family but to the community and the country as well so in ter- in terms of the pandemic i wouldn't say during the pandemic student suicide has actually increased actually if you really look at it because of we, every year we used to have about 2500 students dying because of exam failure but uh, because the exams were cancelled and postponed and it was not given so much of importance the exam failure suicides during the pandemic has come down quite drastically okay so which goes to show that our education system has to go for a change but at the same time the mental health distress has increased tremendously among students they have relationship difficulties educational difficulties and you know uh, worrying about their future career particularly those who are in the final year who are, who have plans of going doing a masters or going and doing something and all their plans have been put back and the, of course the greatest problem with this lockdown of schools is the disparity which has created the disparity between urban and rural students the disparities between the the haves and the have nots have really widened because of this so lack of access to digital education is one factor yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely uh, you you know you have to have a phone or a tablet and uh, not every rural student particularly students so you know we have these affirmative programs like there are there are many host, hostels for uh, tribal students none of them have so they 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 just not been no education for them for the last one and a half years none of them have these equipments and when you have two children or something like that and you have one phone then it becomes unfortunately the boy gets it so many girl children are being dropped out of school that leads me to my next question doctor the ncrb data always shows that more girls and young women are dying by suicide than boys why why is this a factor see if you take the student population and even if you take the exam failure students a quite a sizable portion are women see the problem here is that if a girl fails in class 10 or 12 she doesn't get another chance whereas if a boy fails the family somehow supports and asks the boy to write again so it is as though they have lost all the hope they have lost all the opportunity to educate themselves and so they feel that uh, and most of them the sad state is that 46% of girls in india are married below the age of 80 okay uh, so the, 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 that's your only option and that's what the family decides so it is uh, so uh, so actually more young women dies by suicide not in the early part of the thing because of this lack of opportunities for education and employment and empowerment and then uh, maybe after tw- between 20 and 25 it is all due to marriage related issues arranged marriage forced marriage early marriage difficulties with in laws all those kind of things after the age of 30 the suicide in women actually drops down by 50% because by 50 by 30 majority of the women have a child and having a child is a protective factor because a mother feels responsible about the child and is able to put up with whatever difficulties 
he, she is having or undergoing for the sake of the child. Doctor, you spoke about failure of exam in exams being one reason uh, that causes distress. Distress and anxiety among students is especially high around the time of exams and competitive exams such as NEET can add to this pressure as was seen recently in Tamil Nadu where several students died by suicide this month. What can be done by schools, colleges and policy makers to tackle this? First of all, uh, I don't think we should sensationalize student suicide at all. And I, I would honestly appeal to the politicians and the media not to sensationalize. By sensationalizing and martyring a suicide, you, there are, you will only create more copycat suicide. And there is enough research evidence to show that when a suicide uh, uh, is sensationalized, particularly with, for a celebrity or uh, a particular cause, there is a 13% increase in suicide among people of similar age and similar situation. Okay, so the, uh, the 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 fact that and I don't think anybody can endorse the fact that when a student dies by suicide, you offer government jobs to the family or you my uh, you know solatium and things like that. I, it can only trigger you know by bartering a suicide, you are only make creating an opportunity for other students to copy the same thing. So what instead what we should do is I'm not getting into the politics of whether need should be there or need should not be there. Okay. If the system is wrong, work towards the system. Okay. If the system is uh, uh, if that is a system which the entire country follows, then somehow you provide opportunities for the students from Tamil Nadu to excel. The students from Tamil Nadu are in no way less compared to students from any other state. Okay, so all they lack is the opportunity to improve themselves and better themselves. And if you are able to, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, if politically, if you are able to get it uh, that the state students get better opportunities, that's great. But the what I really don't approve of is to sensationalize this and politicize this. Because when you sensationalize and politicize student suicide, you will have more and more student suicides. Why why does this happen, doctor? Because it is the it is called the Werther's phenomenon. It's called uh, you know, for example, it's uh Gauthier wrote a book in the early 18th century called The Travails of Young Werther, where he wrote and showed that a a young man uh, is not able to get his true lover, so he shoots himself with a pistol. Following that, there were about 150 young men who shot themselves and the book was blank. Following Marlene Monroe's death, there were so many suicides. So we we started looking at whether there was an impact of these celebrity suicides or this suicide on young people. And we have found, for example, recently, we had, uh, you know, the, if you take the uh, Hollywood, we have uh, suicide of Robin Williams and then Kate Spade and Anthony Bowden. And after that, suicide increased by 13%. Or even, for example, if you take our Sushant Singh Rajput thing, following which we did a research on Google search uh, engine and we found that there was a 30% increase in people searching for how to die by suicide. Okay. So this has uh, this is uh, 
when, when something is sensationalized and martyred and some or is it a celebrity, then there is a strong evidence that there is a 13% increase in suicide in people who can identify with the person, you know, the similar age group, similar situation, similar background like that. So it is a known fact. You can say, okay, there are hundreds of people who, uh, what shall I say? See, basically, there is no single simple explanation for suicide. It is always due to multiple reasons. Okay. And uh, uh, a variety of things have to go wrong for a suicide to happen. So we have biological factors, psychological factors, social factors, cultural factors, you know, all these factors combine and when it happens, suicide, uh, when all this compress a person, then suicide happens. So there is no single simplistic explanation for suicide. See, lacks of students right need, right? Some of them think that that's, the, that's their only uh, goal in life and they want and they may not do well, okay? So we have to uh, teach the children right from school on how to solve problems, particularly interpersonal problems, and promote resilience in them. Success in life is not how you handle success. Success in life is how you handle failures and overcome them. That has to be taught right from the young, at the fam in the family and in the school. That problem solving and resilience are, is what is important for the youngsters to handle the difficulties of life, which is which is difficult now because what shall I say? Ah, this is an instant generation, instant coffee, instant message, instant love, instant hate. Children are you used to getting whatever they want instantly. If the net is a bit late, they get frustrated. You know? So they are used to getting everything quickly. But actually in life, particularly if it's a career or a relationship, you have to work hard, you have to face failures and then you have to succeed. And that is a little difficult for them because they do not know how to handle like things like that. You spoke about what policymakers should not do in terms of not politicizing or sensationalizing suicides. And But what can schools and colleges do, doctor? Because you said that because of the pandemic and exams being cancelled, actually student distress came down. So does our education curriculum need an overhaul? Absolutely. I think we need to have an overhaul. This one point exam which determines your fate has to go. There has to be a grading system. I mean, what is the difference between a boy who scores 97 and a boy who scores 98? But the guy who goes chose 98 gets to choose what he wants and the guy who chose gets 95 doesn't get what he wants. Okay, there is really no nothing to differentiate between them. So we have to move from a point, uh, point mark system, one point system to a grading system. And also this one point examination which determines your life should be changed. It has to be a continuous assessment, a continuous assessment and continuous opportunities. Okay. You can keep writing whatever you want and you can try for whatever you want, however many time you want. So it has to be a continuous assessment. And I think the biggest mindset change which we need to expect from the parents is that you don't have to think that everybody should become a doctor, engineer or a lawyer. No, there are so many other opportunities, so many other things. And uh, parents and children should be aware that, that there are 
uh, a variety of fields out there which they can try. Okay. And most importantly, I think uh, this has to be done not only by policymakers but also by parents. I think parents also have a huge role in this instead of transferring all their aspirations on the children. They should look at what the children want and what they need. How many uh, uh, children, adolescents I have seen, they, they come, I don't want to be a doctor, but my father has a clinic, they pushed me. I don't want to be an engineer, but my, my father insists that that's the only way to be self-reliant. You know, things like that. So the parents have to be understanding that things are changing. What is relevant two years ago is not anywhere relevant now. And uh, so what we can only hope to teach the children is uh, convey that we care for them, we are there to support them and that uh, uh, allow them to face their uh, uh, battles and uh, be supportive to them and allow them to face the battles and come out on top. Only by facing challenges you can become stronger. I'll tell you an example. Recently one girl was brought because she has made a suicide attempt and when I talk to her, she comes from a very successful doctor family, okay? And she says, I wanted to be a doctor but and uh, I studied hard, I am topper, okay? My, uh, my father taught me how to be a great in tennis, my mother taught me how to be a great dancer, my teacher taught me how to be a, a, a great uh, a student. Okay, but during the exam time, she was very ill and she was not able to perform to her best ability and she got low marks. Not low marks, but around 80s. So, she couldn't get what she wanted. And she said, Doctor, nobody taught me how to face a failure. And that I think is important. It is important for us to be supportive to the children, but it is important for us to teach them problem solving ability improve resilience and face failure with courage. So does this need to be part of school and college curriculums, doctor? Does mental health need to be there? Absolutely. Mental health, there is no health without mental health. So now we are focusing so much on physical health, but we kind of ignore mental health. And so that should change. And providing, improving the student's health-seeking behavior. For mental health issues, students are re very reluctant to seek help because of stigma, ostracization and so on. So, to provide an environment where a student who is in emotional distress can reach out to the uh, teacher or the peer is extremely important. In fact, we have found that peer support has been found to be extremely useful in handling mental health uh, issues. In fact, we are currently doing a study where we are teaching class 9 and class 10 students how to reach out, uh, give them an awareness about what is mental health, how to reach out for help and how to support. And that has shown a reduction in suicidal ideation and behavior. So do we need counselors at the school and college level everywhere? We do need counselors and <coughs> uh, college at the college and the school level. And it should be done in such a way that it is... Uh, it is non-stigmatizing. It is open. For example, uh, we were, I was talking about, uh, I, I don't want to mention a name. They had a counselor, but none of the students were going there because if, once you go into that counselor room, everybody thinks you have a problem and so students don't want to go there. So, so actually it is not from here, it's from North India. 
So I said, don't make it as a counselor room. Make it as a uh, next to the library, a small uh, small partition, and have it there. And then the number of students seeking the help became much higher. So it is not enough if you have counselors or in all the schools and colleges. We do need to have school counselors um, and college counselors, but we have to make it accessible. We have to destigmatize it. We have to be proactive about it. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, Dr. Lakshmi. It's a pleasure. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.